Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. Today, you have the ultimate honor of joy of talking to my fantastic bookkeeper and accountant, Melinda Nielsen. Say hi, Melinda. Hi, everybody. So Melinda keeps me out of IRS jail. She does, <laughs> right? Like, and many of you are in it or should be in it or, or, you know, working through your taxes. So I'm talking to you realtors, you lenders who are now going to get on your high horse and say, oh, not us. Well, you guys are paid differently than we are. Someone in there. I don't know, crazy mind decided realtors should be 1099 and take care of their own taxes. Who thought that? Melinda, what, what on earth? Well, you know, maybe they were thinking they didn't want to pay payroll tax. They figured, yeah, you're on your own. <laughs> Let's just say, so if we could just, you know, we're going to go through a lot of things, but here's what I will tell you. So for all of those who think the IRS won't find you, they're going to find you. When you get a letter that says we intend to levy your assets, it's not a good letter. And so really paying your taxes is kind of the way to avoid that. But we're going to go backwards, right? And we're going to give a lot of advice and thoughts. And like I said, Melinda takes care of me. And I am, I am a very nice person who doesn't understand taxes at all. And Melinda is all over me. So I guess if I could leave you all with one thing, get a Melinda. I will tell you, you, you can't necessarily have my Melinda, but to have someone that, you know, is paying attention to your numbers and your money and saying, Hey girl, Hey girl, Hey, time to pay your quarterlies. And you know, yeah. you actually do need to keep those receipts. So I think it's, one thing I've learned, I'm 28 years in and man, I did not start right. Right. Like I, <laughs> I definitely, you know, was, oh, I'll catch up next month. Next month will be better. I mean, it just was, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And now I got to deal with it. And I think you start paying catch up and then I will assure you, it takes you a long time to catch up. So the sooner you can kind of get these tactics that Melinda's going to share as well and pay attention to and pay your taxes on a quarterly basis and regularly and, and not get ugly letters, the better. Don't you think? Yes, I agree <laughs> with you, but you're also really great. So don't be too uh, hard on yourself. She's thank good. Thank you. Good. Well, I mean, but it's, it's been painful lessons. So I think that a lot of us either are in them or have been in painful lessons of, man, if I could just, so we're going to talk to everyone today, like you're just starting out. And so some people yeah. have are and have, and some people are well into it. But if you set these things in place and in motion, then the IRS can just almost be invisible to you, except for when you have to send them checks. Yes, true. All right. So <laughs> let's go through. Okay. So we are realtors, we are business people. So let's make sure we start with that. Yes, salespeople, you are business people and you got to pay taxes. So if we start and we think, okay, Melinda, what would you make sure if I'm just starting out, what do I need to have first? Okay. So definitely have a bank account, right? So you have one already. And you're used to using that to do all of your payments for your house, your electrical, whatever. And I know that it's easier to lean on that and just say, hey, this is the income coming in. I'm just living off of this. When you are a 1099 person, independent contractor, 
you are a business. You now on your own. So you must separate business from personal, automatic. It's good planning. It's good budgeting. It keeps track of your ins and outs. But it also helps you if you were to get audited, knock on wood, because first thing they're going to say is, show me proof. Show me where the expense happened. And if you show them a personal bank account already, they're going to think, oh, how do we know if that's really a business? It just complicates and muddies the water. So I would say open up a checking account. If you have an LLC in place already and you, you registered that and you said, I know the name I want to operate under, that's great. I would probably get an EIN through the IRS, which is an identification number, because the bank, when you open up a small business account, they're going to ask for that information. But let's say you don't have and you're not interested in getting that just yet. That's okay, because I would just open up a separate checking account and just call it business and use that get to your broker who is paying you, put it on that put the name on the W-9 that y'all all have to fill out saying, this is how I operate. Commission goes into that account. And now you've got track of everything. Now, how do you pay yourself? Because that you're like, well, that's great and all, but I need money. So you yeah. want to create a structure where it's a budget. So if you say, hey, I'm going to transfer money out of this account on weekly because I need to pay this and this and this over here, then just create a reoccurring transfer, $1,000, whatever it is. And that way you get used to separating and that's your budget. And you got to be good with it and say, hey, this is what I live off month, like my basic necessities. And that's what you're going to kind of get used to. So unfortunately, it's kind of like forcing you to do accounting, uh, which is not a bad thing. And you get used to it. And that's how I would do it. Savings also is, is fantastic. We'll probably jump into that anyway. But for taxes, that's another piece that kind of plays into this. But checking account is a must. So if I, so could I, if I'm just starting out, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this right from the beginning because man, it is yeah. hard to catch up. So I have my already Marjorie checking, which is all of my, you know, fun expenses that I love paying already. Now I have Marjorie business because Melinda told me to and every mm -hmm. commission. So I want everyone to hear this when your commissions get to Deposited, put them in here, and then you operate from there and transfer. Could I also open, we'll call it a savings, and put my tax money in there, right? So if I get good yes. at separating my money, and let's say, let's use just $1,000. If $1,000 comes in, the thousand gets deposited into Marjorie business and I take 25%. Yeah. So 250 of that and move it to Marjorie savings. Like it doesn't exist. So yeah. when tax time comes and the IRS says, show me the money, I don't yeah. go, uh oh, right. So that's a really good, simplistic way, but real good way. And if you're in with the same, you know, if you're in the same um, bank, it's super easy because it's just click, click, click. You just move it. Yep. That's it. Exactly. And, you know, and it's, and you take the, as the commission comes in, like you're saying, take 25, put it away. Don't look at it. You might have some lag, obviously, between closings and things like that. And that's okay. Then don't transfer anything into savings. Just keep that in mind, almost like you're saving for a trip, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Trip is so much more exciting, though. Fun. I get that. Like it's the so trip, much fun. trip versus IRS. No, I do. Not. I get it. It's daunting. It really is. But but if you think of it in that way, you'll save yourself a whole lot of heartache and penalties and interest and you know things like that. And you certainly send it in as an estimated payment. But if you're starting out and you're worried about cash flow and things like that, I get it you know, maybe send in just a little bit of it. Maybe we just hang on to it, whatever. 
get into that mindset though, because every year will get easier and easier because you're kind of used to it. Yes. So, all right. So let's, so now I've got a bank account and I'm thinking, whoop, mm -hmm. I'm a realtor now. I get my business cards. Yeah. So what do you recommend if it's just me? So right now it's, I'm a single, you know, just one person operating realtor. And someone says to me, cause everyone, you know, oh, you need to be an LLC or an escort. I need to be an LLC and escort. Let's talk a little bit about that. The difference yeah. we're in Virginia, I would say probably across the country, but I don't even want to get into that, but why yeah. would I want to be either an LLC or an escort. So LLCs typically people will do it because one, they want to register a name. And then two, they want the liability protection under the state law. So, you know, LLC limited liability company. So whatever you're earning helps to protect it from invading your personal assets. If someone were to sue you or something of that nature. So it's not bad to have. It's, it's actually a, a very common thing to do for a lot of people, especially if they're in it as a business. This is not a hobby. This is not something, you know, so you would get an LLC now. The LLC does not have tax implications. It's just a legal thing. You're just saying, hey, Virginia, cover me in case I get sued. Federal tax and state tax stays the same. Nothing changes. Now, if you, let's say you're doing really well, and I this is my threshold. There is nothing in the code that tells you this, okay? And every maybe every accountant or tax preparer may have a different threshold. For me... 35,000 to 40,000 of net profit, and I'm in it for the long haul, and I got my books in order, I would consider switching to an S-Corp because the self-employment tax, which is payroll taxes, Social Security and Medicare, on your net profit, if you left it as an LLC or even just under your name, is very expensive. It becomes very expensive because it's a separate tax in addition to the income tax that you're already having to pay, right? And so a lot of times, it's, gosh, I pay so much in tax and they come to me and I said, well, shoot, why are you this? We can make you this. And then it's like, perfect. Right. But a lot of times it's not really spoken about. It's not really something that people will look at and say and whatever. So I think if you're in that world and you're in it, you're committed, you have books set up, you know how to transfer money out when you need to, you're clean because S corporations are definitely more involved it's a separate tax return. There are certain rules. You do have to keep track of what you take out personally. Um, so if you're able to maintain that discipline, it's worth it all day. But it, but I, you know, if you want to also say, you know what, I don't know, it's my first year. Let me see how I'm doing. That's okay too. You can elect to be an S corp the following year for that tax year. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. It, you can transition later even though you have an LLC. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that the, cause I, I'm not sure I did that an LLC because they sound, Oh, should I do one or the other? And it almost yeah. sounds like it's a choice between like, like things, yeah. but, but the LLC again, protection important. And I think any realtor should consider that because I do yeah. think we have a high liability. We have people in our car. We're really, we're dealing with yes. their largest assets. So protecting yourself and separating out your personal versus your, your business is important that alone. Yeah. But I don't think I certainly didn't necessarily realize that an LLC, you know, there's just no tax benefit S core. Yes. But a little bit more, this is where you need help even more. Like I don't touch my taxes anyway, as you know, I'm like, Melinda, <laughs> <laughs> I got this paper. It's for you. 
you know, because I know I'll mess it up, but I don't right. think it's something for people to think about. Right. So it's like, I don't care if you're five years in and you think, right. oh, I, I really, cause again, we realtors, Hey, get to run mm -hmm. our own. Like I, I get my flexibility, which is the funniest thing ever. Right. I make my own hours. Do <laughs> Do you? Yeah. No, you're committed. <laughs> yeah. Cause Melinda's husband also a realtor, right? So, I mean, it's like, she knows it's like, oh yeah, I make my own hours, which is when other people need me to work. Got it. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, you are a business. So the bank account yeah. and then LLC or S corporation, and then yeah. you've got to run a profit and loss statement. Yeah. You have to have some form of bookkeeping. So whether it's using a QuickBooks, for example, one of their online plans that they have or Excel, if you like Excel, and it's very few transactions and you can kind of keep track of it, but you got to have something, you know, the days of, you know, a box of receipts kind of thing. It's got to be a thing of the past because it's, it's, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. No one has the time. So if you can get a software in place, it'll do the work for you most of the time. I mean, you still got to tell it what to do a little bit here and there, manage it, whatever. Um, but the stress of having to worry so much, it's not worth it. If you can pay 25 bucks a month, 30 bucks, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's definitely worth some. So I would say that's kind of really big. Once you have everything established, checking accounts, yada, yada, look into some form of bookkeeping. Yeah. Because I think here's the thing, the box of receipts is great, but a box of receipts is I've spent this money a profit and losses. So the heart, so it's profit, right? Like, because I will tell you, I've coached realtors for years and I'm not picking on realtors. I just coach realtors. And mm -hmm. how much do you make? I make this. I'm like, I bet you don't. Oh, I know I did. No, you didn't. And then yeah. literally pull out the box of receipts. It's like, how much does it cost you to run your business every month? No clue. Right. And then it's like, yeah. no, no, no. You have signs and you have dues and you have lock boxes and you have Dropbox and you have DocuSign and zip forms and MLS. And, you know, by the time you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I pay and QuickBooks and then Facebook. And then, you know what I mean? And then it's, if you have salaries and you have right. gifts and then you have all of these things. And so I think the point is profit. And I think the biggest problem yeah. is if we're not, a, if we're not tracking it, to the point that we know I, I need to spend this. I don't, or by the way, this is not a really great month. I've got to really watch my expenses. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the key, right? A profit and loss statement. No, it's not fun. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I'll do that later. But the problem yeah. is that's how we get in trouble. Honestly, that's how realtors, we were not taught. First of all, no kid is taught balancing checkbooks and all of that. No. But, you know, we're not taught how to manage our money. And when we're commission-based, Right. Because right. it's not ever the first and the 15th, we make X and Y. It could be the first and then two months later, it could be a great month. And, you know, because it's exactly. so chaotic, it's almost like I'll deal with that later. So I think if we can right. convince people, look, it's not fun. I mean, there are months where you're like, yeah. And then your months are like, whoa. <laughs> but if you don't do it, that's where you know, you didn't save any money. Right. So we talk about survival num numbers a lot. Your survival number. Yeah. Your survival number at work, right? You've got to make this much money. You've got to pay your mortgage and your expenses at home. You've got exactly. to pay your expenses at work, right? So you got to know these survival numbers and then ideally have three months, right? Above those at home and at work. Because I think yeah. the, the second thing is kind of have to, you know, steal from one, not steal, but borrow from one to pay the other because, oh, I didn't make enough money this month. I'll pour more out of this. Oops. Well, I got to, right. you know, so I think if we really pay more attention, even when it's painful. And then we're able to have these cushions. Then when we have a month, that's not great. 
it's okay, yeah. right? It's not desperation and, and fear. Well, what's interesting, and this, this happened with me when I became my own company and I left and I did my own thing and I opened up a business checking account. It's funny because when you have a personal, okay, the money's coming in and you're just doing your thing. You know, you're not necessarily watching every cent that you're spending necessarily, right? You're kind of just like, oh yeah, I remember this much was deposited. So I've got about this much left. You know, you're kind of just thinking that way. When you separate and now the money's sitting here, oh shoot, well, I need to do this or I want to go to a concert. <laughs> I've got to pull. And so now I'm paying attention to how much am I pulling? Whoa, I just used how much this month? And you really start to look at your numbers and it's not fun, but you're more cautious now. So without knowing it, you start to create a savings and adjusting to your cost of living. And you start to figure out, I shouldn't probably do that now because that's my business. Oh, I don't know if I want to use that for this. And you literally just start training your mind. So it's kind of like a therapy thing all at the same time while you're developing your business and it's helping you do it without even realizing it. It's kind of bizarre. But for me, I didn't realize how much I was saving because it was over here. And then I was like, well, I don't need to do that. How much do I have over here? I'll just pull from here. And when I didn't have it, then I thought twice, did I want to spend that? Yeah. That's it. And so you, you just start to naturally do it. Yeah. If and you have everything in place that way. But I think that's so if you don't, so anyone listening right now, that's like, this all sounds great. I don't have any of it. Well, it's time because it's, it's you can literally drive to the bank and open up takes, or you can probably do it online. But I usually, when you're going to do yeah. my business accounts, I've always gone on into the, into the bank because they would do want to see your, you know, they yeah. want to see your, your, my escort docs. They wanted to see my EIN. And so mm -hmm. it took 20 minutes and then you get a checkbook and you get a check card also, just so while we're paying attention, yeah. business credit card, business personal card home. <laughs> Believe me, you get someone, you get a Melinda and I will pull the wrong card out and leave. And I'll be like, Oh, I'm in trouble. I am a she -a girl. What are you doing? Right. So you get this, like, I mean, yeah. this, now you get this like Melinda on your shoulder. That's like, no, I don't need to do that. Or, Oh boy, that was, you yeah. Know, you have to think about it. Yeah. That's where separation right there. You're like, yeah. wait, you know, but if it's in your personal, you're not thinking about it. So it's, it's training your mind. So even if you haven't done it, it's never late, right? It's like just start. You can always by little. Start. Listen, I fixed it. I fixed it, you know, after starting in business for a few years, and I thought I had it fixed it. And Melinda saved me. So actually, you and I met. So Melinda was working with different realtors in my office. And it was probably what three or four years ago and came in. I was like, oh, I like her. She's super nice. And she said, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you have someone, I'm always happy to take a second look at your tax returns. And I thought, oh. Okay. And oh boy, she called me and she was like, right now you are there. This is wrong. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Oh, of course. Yes. I was like, I am self-employed girl. You're not self-employed because you're an escort, which I was like, poor Melinda doesn't really understand. <laughs> yep. Anyway, big mess. And it was just being filed improperly. Right. I was not classified. There's all sorts of steps, but it was not pretty. And yes, the IRS did catch it. And thank God for Melinda. And it was nothing I did wrong, right? I didn't no. try to not pay taxes. But you know, you just the importance of having the right set of eyes and the right direction and paying mm -hmm. attention. And even yeah. when you have someone, you know, right, like you key me into things that sound like a bunch of letters and numbers and pages of stuff. But I have to pay you got to pay attention. And so yeah. I think that's the biggest key. And that gets us into taxes. Okay, so oh, <laughs> So realtors, 
paying taxes. So what are the biggest things? What are you looking at? Like, what do we need to pay attention to? So it kind of, they all go hand in hand, right? So now you have your profit and loss and because tax is never simple. Okay. So when you say, well, how much am I going to owe in taxes? Well, depends, right? How do you file? How many kids do you have? Are you itemizing? Oh my goodness. And so you may not owe a ton of tax, even though you made money. However, let's simplify it and just say, hey, you file single. You don't have any dependents. Okay. So what does that mean? So that's where this savings kind of idea comes into play because you have your commission. You've been setting aside 20%, 25%, whatever you're comfortable with. Usually I try to use the tax bracket that I'm in, right? So total income for the year, where am I falling in there? Use that percentage as kind of a guide to put it in savings. And so if you're following that method, whether you paid them in during the year or you didn't, at least by April 15th, you're like, oh, I've got that money because you are going to right? So if you are a sole proprietor, you've got your income tax, whatever bracket that is. So let's whatever 20%. Then you've got self-employment tax, which is lovely and fun. So your net profit is whatever it's going to be times 15.3%. But you get half of that as a deduction. It's not dollar for dollar. So maybe you end up somewhere around 14% in tax. So not only are you at 20%, but now you've got that 14% that you've got to pay. And this is where S corporations come into play. Okay. That's how it kind of all transitions. But so by putting away the 25%, 30%, preparing yourself and you need to do it because it is painful come April 15th, because here's the funny part about the IRS. Taxes are due April 15th. Oh, but so is your first, first quarter estimated payment. Well, shoot. I, you know, if you've waited to pay your taxes, you've got this big tax bill, but hey, you've got to pay your first quarter. And also, well, I mean, you know, who has all this money sit laying around? So if you get in the habit of making these estimated payments, even if it's not a lot, honestly, 500, I don't care what it is, send it in because you're going to owe tax. I mean, there's that's just kind of how it's going to happen if you've made money. And so if you get in that habit, you stay away from the penalties and interest, you stay away from underpayment penalties. Marjorie loves that one. It can get pricey because if you don't pay your ta estimated taxes, and you owe, depending on where you fall, they'll charge you a penalty for not paying it in by that quarter. So it's kind of a pain. And their interest rate went up. It's like 7% now. Used to be 3 4%. As did everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything went up. So anyway, but don't be scared. That's my biggest thing for anyone, even for realtors. Don't be scared of the IRS. Okay, they're not fun but they're customer service people. I mean, you call them, they're looking at a screen. They don't know what's going on. They're just there to do their jobs, right? And if you say, hey, listen, I can't pay you. I don't know, you know, what am I going to do here? That's okay. Let's do an installment plan. How much can you give me every month, right? Stay in compliance. That's how they stay on your good side. The side where you ignore them because you're just so anxious and scared it's not helpful because they will not go away. And then they start to kind of pick on you. You know, it's like, well, this person hasn't been making estimated payments forever in a day. You know, what's going on over here? So if you keep them on your good side and just treat it very much like a collector, essentially is what they are, you know, they'll they'll play ball with you. 
they will. So I think it's more along the lines of just thinking it's kind of part of life. We've got to pay the taxes and, you know, I'll send them this little stuff and then we'll wait to see how the rest of the rest of the year goes for me cash wise. Cause obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't be poor. You know, you've got to pay your bills. You got to take care of your family. So, but they'll be there come April 15th, of course. Oh, they will. <laughs> yes, they will. And I agree with you. I think that, you know, there is this Hey, I haven't heard from them and I'm scared to deal with it. And yeah. it's better. It does not make it better. Right. And yeah, so it, they it's don't go. Intimidating. It it's is. intimidating. And if you talk to, you know, your tax preparer or whoever you, whoever you talk to, I mean, you know, don't be scared to ask the questions. Don't be scared because it is intimidating. You know, for me, I work with it all the time. So I'm kind of used to it. But for the average person who doesn't do taxes, I mean, I can look at a code and be like, I'm supposed to understand that. Like it's, it's very complex, but if you don't do anything, it makes it worse, you know? So you, you definitely want to open up that notice when you get it, even though you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And you, and the funny thing is you see IRS and I get notices and even my notice is like, we owe you $200, but I'm still like, <gasps> when I see the IRS letter and now I'm in compliance, so I shouldn't be, but I'm still like, oh no, like, oh, or they'll be more. like some language, you know, we changed your zip code or something. I'm like, well, I don't know why, but okay. So I do yeah. think it's, you know, let's just face it, go through it. Right. And, and move through it yeah. and help them now. Cause let's talk about some bonuses, right? Like what are some things that realtors can deduct? What are things that we need to make sure yeah. we're paying attention to and taking advantage of? Yep. So with realtors, you know, I was mentioning this to you, Marjorie, is the home office, careful, don't get aggressive about it. But if you are working out of your home and that is your primary office, okay? Because I know with some agents, they'll work in, you know, the broker's office or something like that. So if you are working there, that yeah, I wouldn't do a home office, right? But if you're not, and you are in your home office and you have a designated area, you're using your internet, you're using utilities, you know, it's worth it to keep track of because that is a deduction that you are entitled to. There's there's nothing wrong with it. It's in the code. You just want to make sure you're using it appropriately where it's not flagged or anything like that. You know, cell phones and that, you know, meals, things that are what they call ordinary and necessary to run your business. Those are all deductible. So you want to make sure you're capturing all of that. Your education is a big one. You know, all these classes, books, you go to the live, you know, you're buying Barnes and Nobles, real estate, da, da, da. that counts. I mean, that's part of you providing a great service for your business. So that's important. I think mileage is always kind of one of those things that's really tough because you have to, according to the IRS, they want a log. They want to know the date, who you went with, where'd you go, what was the purpose of the, of the trip. And so you're supposed to keep track of that. And I know that can get wacky as you're kind of in the moment. So, you know, if you can find some kind of app or something that can track it from the moment you leave one destination to the other, that's super helpful. Or have some kind of calendar where you're you're posting all the things you're doing and who you're going to. And because keep in mind, so if your office is home, you know, you're going to travel from your office to the client. Okay, so this counts. And then from that client, you went to another house. And now meanwhile, now you have to calculate the miles from that place to this place. So it gets complex, but that all counts. It's all deductible. And so it's a big expense. And you want to keep track of it because 
Uh, yeah. If you get audited, that's the first thing they're going to say. Where's your log? And you're like, be like, whoopsie. And I think that is the, you know, I, it's funny. I've never polled realtors. I should start doing that. Like, do you really have a log? Because yeah. is, is massive because driving, of course, we're in our car more than anything. That is a huge yeah. deduction we have that we want to take advantage of. And so I think that versus depreciation, right. Which is, is something we can do, but that can be complicated and ownership and all of these things. So I think if we think right. that, but it kind of goes backwards back to the tracking, right? Like we have to track our expenses. We have to track mm -hmm. our mileage. We have to track our conferences and we have to track our education and our books and, you know, all of these mm -hmm. things. Right. And we have yeah. to, we have to make sure, well, and that's to our benefit, right? Because I think that oh, tracking is a deduction, which is a good word. That is, you want that and you're entitled to that. So there's no reason not to take advantage of it. You know, and then we had talked about tax savings, so we can touch on that, but yes. deductions, yeah, everything you can think of. I mean, a lot of people use internet because you, I mean, how else are you going to work? You know what I mean, yeah. I mean, I use, if I didn't have it, I couldn't, I couldn't do my job. So that's a big one. And your phone, realtors are on their cell phones no. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that's so bad for y'all to be like Saturday night at like 10 o'clock. Hey, I want to see a house. <laughs> yeah, right now. I feel for you. Yeah. Well, let's, before we go into savings, which is key, let's talk yeah. about, so paying attention to so realtors, because I wouldn't necessarily have picked on these. What does the IRS, let's call it, pick on? Like, what are things that we better watch? You know, we have okay. to make sure we don't over say, oh, even if we did spend the money, right? What are things right. we we kind of are limited on that we need to pay attention to as a deduction? Yeah, so the two categories that I think of right away is gifts and meals and entertainment, which entertainment's not deductible, okay? So you take someone to a show and you pay for the show, it's entertainment. And it's hard to make the, the argument that, that show was needed in order for you to provide a service, right? So that's kind of where they're coming from. They're kind of saying like, well, did you really need it? No, not really. So they kind of changed the code back then. And it used to be where you could do meals and entertainment, and then they took the entertainment out. Now it's just meals. Lavished meals is something that they would pick on. So if you're just with one client or two clients and you know the bill's $700, they're going to be like, okay, but why? You know, what, what is what is the ordinary necessary reason for this, right? So when your meals from one year to another jump, that is a clear kind of red flag for them because they're going to say, well, why? You know, did the gross sales go up so high to the point that it justified those meals? Um, and so meals is one of those big ones. They tend to look at that a lot. Gifts is another one because technically you're only supposed to write off, you know, $25 per individual, unless you make it to a company and then there's no limit. Well, they never adjusted that for inflation and no one really, you know, not a lot of people can do that. I mean, pretty much everything is over 25, honestly. Anyway, but so if they look at that and they say, whoa, these gifts are, you know, $10,000. Well, shoot, how did you give $10,000 in gifts as a realtor? And so these are the things that they kind of look at, right? And so it's a little hard to justify them sometimes because if you don't have a really solid reason, 
that's a quick like, oh, no, we're going to disallow and we're going to make you pay the tax on it. Yeah. So being paid you know, again, because I know I'm like, so first of all, I believe everything should be deductible. You know that because I'll call Melinda <laughs> and be like, I would like to buy this as a deductible, like, you know, close. No. And is this and I'm like, oh, this should be deductible. No. So we even joke with each other with memes of like, can I call close a computer? No. And I'm joking. I am joking. But but it, of course. I think some things, obviously the IRS and I don't agree, but that's why it's have someone like a Melinda. Cause I would, I would deduct, <laughs> I would deduct everything. Yeah. IRS jail would be yeah. a real place, but I think that's where paying attention to, and also understanding, look, yes, I spend absolutely more than 25 on gifts. I can deduct 20. Yeah. So it's knowing the rules or having Melinda who knows the rules you're, you're <laughs> but I think that matters and paying attention to, because I can just assure you having been on the receiving end of the not fun part of IRS, again, due to mm -hmm. no fault of yours or mine, it's not fun. And it is, mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is. And then you feel like you're on their radar. Right. And so even though I sort of, ha ha, it wasn't funny, but I paid a ton in taxes and still was like, wait, you know, clearly I wasn't sheltering anything because yeah, no. I paid you a fortune, but it is just that hence why I don't do my own tax. I don't fill out. I don't look at the form. You make me do it. I'm like, mm -mm. because I do think unintentionally, right. We don't know. And then we think, oh, good. I'm going to deduct these 20,000 in meals. Yeah. And uh, so I think having that clarity and again, not getting picked on is key. Yeah. And if you have, you know, like your PL profit and loss software, you know, kind of be in the habit of pulling it up um, and even comparing, you know, pull it, pull it for this quarter and compare that to last quarter. And you can kind of see what they're looking at because that's what they're doing. When you file your tax return and you're putting expenses in, you know, totals in these expense categories, their system is set up to essentially look at it and say, is there an, an inconsistency here? Is this like, whoa, greater than 50% than it was last year? Why? And so that's how it gets flagged. And so you can kind of look at it yourself. And then sometimes maybe there was an expense that you booked that wasn't correct. And that was like, whoa, that's not supposed to be there. You would have been able to catch it had you looked and said, oh, there was a big increase in whatever Everything. category, you know, office <laughs> or whatever, whatever you want to say. And yes. Expense. Yeah. yeah, everything, you know, and anyway, so yeah, I think those are big ones. And you know what we didn't touch on now, I wanted to bring it up was donations, right? Oh, That's a big one. Because I'm very generous. You are, you're extremely generous. And I always think, honestly, and I've said this to Marjorie too, if you're just making church donations and such, you know, just do it out of your personal, because the way that if you have an S-Corp, that is, you know, it's going to transfer over anyway as a personal donation on, on the personal tax return anyway, subject to the same rules. So unless it's more of like sponsoring yourself, your company and you're advertising and you want to do it, then I would say, sure. But if it's just like, you know, a little bit here and there, and you're just trying to send something out. Um, I wouldn't even bother maybe doing it through the company. It's the same thing either way. Okay. So that's just one little thing there. You can do them personally. Now let's talk about, so the goal is retirement, right? And I yeah. think retirement, usually when you retire, you have to have money, right? Because you still got to pay your bills. And yeah. so one thing I think we, we also maybe aren't as strong at is kind of maximizing where we can put money. So share some mm -hmm. things that we need to be thinking about as realtors, as far yeah. as savings, right? Like where, where should we put in this money? Yeah. So 
when you have your PL, I go keep going back to that profit and loss. Uh, so let's say you have it for the year, yay, and you want to save on taxes. You still have time because if you can have a SEP IRA, right? So that's just a simplified, simplified employee pension plan, very much like a traditional IRA, but the only difference is it's actually for businesses, self-employed individuals, okay? So you could open that up literally, let's say, right, 2023 is over, you're into 2024, but you're filing for 2023 and you're like, ooh, how can I save on tax? Because I know I'm gonna owe. You can open up a SEP IRA and you can contribute. And that will be a business expense. So therefore, reducing taxable income. By knowing your net profit, then you know how much you can contribute. So that's why that number is also very important. So if you're a sole proprietor, usually it's 20% of whatever your net profit is. That's the max that you can do. And that's a write-off. And I love the SEPs because if you file an extension, let's just say you don't have time to file and you're a late filer. That's okay, because as long as you file an extension, you can still contribute up to October 15th for the prior year. And that's a big deal. You can't do that with traditional IRAs. Traditional IRAs is April 15th, and then you're done. 401k solos are awesome because you can have the company contribute in addition to your 25% off of, well, if I'm thinking of an S-corp, wages, sole proprietor would be net profit. So that's a really cool one as well. So anyway, these are tax deferring strategies. Also health savings accounts. Like if you have a health insurance plan that's super high deductible, it allows you to have an HSA, do it because it's a tax write-off on your tax return and you get to use it for medical expenses tax-free. So why not? I mean, I'm always paying co-pays and my insurance sucks. So yeah, well, so a lot of people, get a tax right? Write-off. A lot of people huh? insurance, you're still paying a fortune in your- yeah or your 20% of this, you know, I had to get this done and I still have to pay this much money. So health yeah. savings accounts make sense. But again, I think it's sitting down with someone and having a plan. And knowing. Right? And yeah, sitting. and knowing. You're like, well, wait, what does that mean? Like, what is that? You know, what's, how much can I contribute? What's the plan? And so those are all like really fantastic things. If you're a small corporation the and you have an employee besides yourself, that's a little different. You know, you got to make sure you get the right retirement plan because the SEP IRA and the 401k solo are individual owners who don't have other employees. Once you start adding, they you have to do the right 401k and the right SEP IRA. But that's just, you know, one thing about it. But otherwise, I still think those are really awesome ways to just put money away and get some of your money back. <laughs> well, if we all like we're doing this because we love it. Um, but also to retire, right? Like, you know, exactly. I don't want to be 105 and still saying, you know, I got to jump out, and show a house. I'd like to be able to retire and to do that comfortably. Yeah. So I exactly. think, so, okay. So let's, we're going to summarize. So really yeah. the steps, right? So simply like if you yeah. still, if you quote unquote, I know I should have two accounts, at least maybe three, right? personal checking, business checking, savings, you know, let's, you could go way more than that, but just for let's yeah. call it savings. So you can right. separate those out. Okay. So if you don't have those start there, right. Yeah. And then secondly, Hey, I realize I'm a practicing realtor. I do not have an LLC or an escort. And again, each situation differently, that's something to consider yeah. and not hard to do. Uh, and then a profit and loss. Ugh. So that to me is a, is a must. And here's the thing. It's, it's easier, like in your head, it's impossible, yeah. but you literally, so right now you, let's say, especially doesn't matter if you two have two accounts, you go into your bank account, 
you pull out your bank statements, depending on yeah. your account, it will already separate out different, you know, like a pie chart, different sections of where you're spending money. And you right. go backwards, I appreciate it's September now, but you go to January and you say, okay, this is the money I've spent, right? And that's that's not really a budget yet, but yeah. hey, every month I'm spending this much on this or yeah. that. And, and you pay attention and then you start to form a budget. So a profit and loss is huge. Um, and then to me, you get a Melinda, right? You get a great Melinda mm -hmm. who then can guide you and tell you, hey, you've still got time to plan this out. Let's see what we can do here. Yeah. And you really, you have someone that's behind you that's doing it. And that also it's not your strength, right. but, but it's also, and think about also like your credit cards, if you're using credit cards, personal card, business card, right? And that's, yeah. I have gotten, I'm like a B minus. I've gotten so much better because of the Melinda on my shoulder. You have gotten that. very good. Yes. But it is so easy. And sometimes it's like, you just don't think, right? It's like, oh, oops. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more that we can be clear on all this, it just makes not only, you know lives easier really, but it yeah. just gives you peace of mind. Promise. It's like thinking that maybe not paying attention to the number and pretending that the IRS doesn't exist. And I'm just going to keep going and it'll work itself out actually is yeah. not, is not something that will make you sleep easier. If you can go, Hey, it's tough right now, but I've got a couple months of savings at home and I got a couple months of savings at work. And, you know, I've got this plan and I know I can cut these expenses and I know that I've got this money aside for taxes. It's a much different place to be, you know, emotionally, mm -hmm. quite frankly, as well as financially. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree. I think it's a good plan and it's, it's overwhelming. I, I totally understand that. So I, I'm a little bit of a to-do list person, you know, I'll write it out, you know, sometimes you're visual. So, you know, take a second and just say, okay, number one, they're saying, do this number two, and then tackle it one at a time. It doesn't need to be all or nothing it has to be today, you know, no, one at a time. And, you know, bookkeeping softwares, they're really, they're really sophisticated. So, you know, if you started your business January and you didn't quite, you got the bank account, let's say you did that, but you didn't quite do the software. That's okay. Cause a lot of these softwares will allow you to import transactions from months behind, you know, so you can catch up. It's not like you're, you know, it's all or nothing at that moment. So, you know, just kind of take it step by step, honestly. And like you're saying, reach out to someone, even if it's a friend who's, you know, someone who budgets and whatever, you know, be like, Hey, how do you, you know, what, what's easy this and what's that, you know, cause everybody's different. Everybody looks at things so differently, but just start. That's the biggest Agreed. thing, right? Just start. Agreed. Agreed. And like yeah. I said, it just, it does get easier. And yeah. I think you just make better decisions when you're clear yeah. on your finances, right? When it's all kind yeah. of murky and muddy and you're not sure you'll spend money that this is how your debt gets higher too. Cause you'll, you'll use credit cards, not really paying attention. Right. So I think if you can pay attention yeah. to that, it will make things easier. I promise. And like I said, oh, for sure. Melinda, for sure. not only do I thank you for coming on today, but like I said, every time I'm like, this is my Melinda who comes out of IRS jail, you know, um, and, and just gives me advice, right? And you look out for me and you stay on top of me and you're like, girl, got to do this. I need this from yeah. you, right? So you need someone that is going to hold you accountable, but cares about your financial well-being. So yeah, of course. Thank you for being you're so welcome. real estate and scripted and for being my Melinda. Absolutely. Of course. Anytime. And thank you for having me. This was fun. I told you it would be.
Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys all for listening to Real Estate Unscripted. Hi. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.